Did a sophomore wideout in the AFC West just get upgraded to breakout status? What second-year running back is flying up draft boards right now? And what young tight end is going way too high in FFPC drafts in February? Plus, the 2020-2021 football guy. Did a sophomore wideout in the AFC West just get upgraded to breakout status? What second-year running back is flying up draft boards right now? And what young tight end is going way too high in FFPC drafts in February? Plus the 2020-2021 Football Guys Playoff Challenge number two, $20,000 champs Tim Walsh and John Campbell drop in to talk about Jarvis Landry, J.K. Dobbins, and more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. I can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than me. The lesser make out of the lesser. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. quiethollers.com greetings and salutations to all the balkaholics and freliacs listening uh to the high stakes fantasy football hour on a special thursday edition apologize for the uh, snafu at the start of the show tonight everything seems to be going along swimmingly right now and welcome in it is the latest uh edition of the high stakes fantasy football hour it is presented by myffpc.com i am of course your slightly above average host eric balkman my co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football and he is one Farrell Elliott. Farrell, it's exciting tonight because I think, well, um, I, I know you are a little bit deeper into your draft um, than than um, than I am into my KFFSC draft. You, I think you're in like round eight, round nine, or something like that of your um, of your FFPC draft. Um, but we we can actually discuss our own drafts tonight if we ever if we get into um, any player analysis that you and I have uh, selected already in our drafts, man. Still dealing with some technical difficulties here as we try to bring Farrell Elliott on. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen, as uh, as uh, we, we are trying to uh, we're trying to get Farrell on right now. We'll do our best uh, to get him on here. Stand by one second. You're up next.
Ladies and gentlemen, I sincerely hope the um, the technical difficulties are behind us now. I think we are all set to go. And uh, to um, skip over the intro, hey, listen, best ball drafts are going on at MyFFPC.com. Dynasty Orphans available at MyFFPC.com slash Dynasty for sale. And Farrell Elliott and I are both in drafts right now, me in the KFFSC, Farrell in the FFPC. And Farrell, one of the, as I welcome you back in now, um, I think one of the things that we'll get to touch up, uh, upon tonight, you are a, a little bit deeper into your draft than I am, but w- we've already made some player selections, which is exciting tonight. Bucky, it is. And, you know, it's clear sailing from here on out. All our all our troubles are in the rear view window. How are you doing, my friend? Well, now I'm doing better. Now that we're connected and we're doing our show, we have a lot to talk about tonight, which is good. It's good to hear your voice. And, uh, you know, who who knew? You know, we do the show a day earlier, and everything uh, get, gets uh, gone to high hell uh, tonight. But we're we're going. We're going to have John Walsh, or excuse me, Tim Walsh and John Campbell coming up here in a little bit. They're going to tell us about their twenty thousand dollar FFPC football guys playoff challenge number two win. It's going to be very very exciting. Um, I let's get into it right away tonight with, without Good. further ado. Um, football guys, Draft Sharks, Rotor World, Rob are responsible for tonight's fantasy flash. We're going to lead things off with some Russell Wilson news tonight. Uh, the Athletics, Michael Sean Duger, uh, Mike Sando, and Jason Jenks have all reported that Russell Wilson's uh, team has talked about trade destinations with the Seattle Seahawks to the Miami Dolphins, the New York Jets, the New Orleans Saints, and the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, um, this report on the Athletic uh, quotes, some people around the league believes that a Russell Wilson trade will happen, and if it's not going to happen in this offseason, it will happen indeed in the near future. Pete Carroll has built his program in the Pacific Northwest on competition and accountability. However, he has applied those selectively, especially as it pertains to himself. Now, if that is the case, Russell Wilson has already said he would waive his no trade clause to the Dolphins, the Jets, the Saints, or the Raiders. Those are one of the four teams um, to um, get out of Seattle. The, um, the extension that Pete Carroll signed has him in uh, uh, coaching the Seahawks through the 2025 season. It's interesting here, Farrell, because if Russ, so we don't know what's going to go on with the Seattle uh, offense right now. My question to you is regarding Wilson, not so much for Wilson himself, but you think about Tyler Lockett, think about DK Metcalf, two of the biggest beneficiaries of Russell Wilson. Are you knocking them down your draft boards right now based on the fact that Wilson may or may not be in Seattle next year? Whew, there's a lot going on here, Balky. These guys, this article kind of impresses me. There's three guys that all contributed to this article, and they're trying to, uh, perhaps they're all trying to show up with each other. I think maybe there's a lot of fake <laughs> news going on here. The the agents, um, the agent for Russell Wilson, uh, Mark Rogers, uh, I would imagine in the past would probably say, um, we'll work this out at the combine. But guess what? There's no combine, and we don't have the ability to get together face to face. There, I, I just this is this is uncharacteristic for the agent. It's uncharacteristic for the player. Um, I don't know enough about what's going on behind the uh, behind the scenes with this team. But you know, let Russ cook. Russ cooks with his feet, and that's what makes him a beast among quarterbacks uh, in in the NFL. And he is uh, gifted and blessed uh, with that skill set. The front office has provided him with not one, but two fantastic receivers in a downfield passing game. Uh, the questions appear to be the offensive line. There's some questions here about coaches 
coach's sons, uh, you know, Brennan and, and Nate have been with their father for a, for a lot of years. And, you know, I had some experience working under the close eye of my father. And, and my experience was that I had to work three times harder than anybody else just right. to break even. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't really, uh, I don't really think that this situation has ex- come apart to the, to what this article might suggest. And I think cooler heads will prevail. And if Russell Wilson is slipping past some names, I don't know where he would be slipping past, uh, but if he's getting down close to double-digit rounds, if he's after Brady, uh, perhaps then you're getting a real, real bargain. But I don't think drafters are going to skip this player over, and I think things will probably settle down and work out uh, like they should. And for this year, Russell Wilson uh, will be a Seahawk. And, and you know, our, our boy Mark Waldron, who we exhausted his story, uh, he, he's up there running the offense. It's a whole new look. Come on, Russell, give the new guys a chance, and, and uh, uh, let's see what happens. Russell Wilson currently going as the quarterback eight in FFPC drafts right now. That is right after Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert. It is right before the MVP Aaron Rodgers and Ryan Tannehill. As far as the receivers go in Seattle right now, FFPC drafters have been selecting DK Metcalf as the seventh wide receiver off the board on average at the 209. Tyler Lockett. After that is wide receiver 24 at the 512. We haven't seen a whole lot of movement with those three players, but since this story just broke on Thursday, maybe we'll see some movement going forward there. Uh, hey, listen, we got Tim Walsh and John Campbell coming up in just one minute. The other thing I want to get to before we get to our guest tonight is, uh, of course, I'm going to go to Las Vegas and talk about Farrell's Raiders. Uh, big news today, Tyrell <laughs> Williams is released. He signed a four-year deal with Las Vegas, and they cut him halfway through that uh he did not play in 2020 after a shoulder injury 2019 he had 42 catchers or 650 yards and six touchdowns and honestly the first part of his year in 2019 was awesome uh scored a ton Mm -hmm. of touchdowns looked great almost unstoppable then he has the heel injury that really limited him the remainder of the season um he is uh gonna be 29 years old searching for his third team Farrell, i don't know if there's much fantasy analysis to glean here uh with williams however brian edwards was a guy that a lot of dynasty owners told me on this show last year that they love. And now he might have the inside track in starting next year, maybe alongside Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, wide receiver 85 at the 2305 and FFPC best balls. Brian Edwards in for a breakout now, Farrell. Brian Edwards could be, he's a good player. He had some issues with, uh, he had some issues with the coaching. I think he had some issues with the ability to run the routes. Let's take the focus back to Tyrell Williams because he's not being drafted anywhere. And that's a mistake that uh, best ball drafters are making. Williams, um, you know, I, I tell all the players in the KFFC ball, you don't hold a grudge. The grudge will end up coming back and hurting you. But also have a very, very long memory. And you don't have to, you know, you mentioned how well he was playing before he got injured. I can go back even further to the year where uh, with the Chargers, 69, 69 catches, 1,000-plus yards, seven TDs. Uh, the wide receiver coach with the Chargers, when, when Tyrell had his breakout season, uh, has done pretty well for himself. He's now the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, Nick Sirianni, a team that is in ridiculous need of wide receivers. Terrell Williams had a soft landing spot in Philadelphia. 
especially you guys that are all drafting Jalen Hurts, here's a a in the twenties late round stack that'll probably score you fantasy points once that deal is done. And I think that deal will get done. Tyrell Williams not being drafted right now in FFPC best ball drafts. You want to take a stab on somebody at the end of the uh, the the draft. Farrell Elliott giving you the KFFSC stamp of approval on Tyrell Williams this year. Yes, uh, sir. Wherever he ends up, we'll see what happens there. But certainly, a lot worse ways you can spend your final pick. Um, let's go to our guest tonight. I want to bring them in right now, Farrell, as as they have both been very patient. Uh, they both sure. started playing fantasy football back in the mid-1990s. That's about when I started, I would say. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was a touchdown-only leagues. You had to you know, total up the scores on Mondays after all the games had been played with the newspapers. They actually didn't meet each other until 2009, so about 15 years later, and they have been playing the high-stakes uh, fantasy football competitions with WCOF and now the FFPC ever since. Uh, they have been playing the main event in the FFPC as well as the playoff competitions, uh, the playoff challenges uh, for the last five years. They have uh, first overall in the Football Guys Playoff Challenge 2, which they won this year, but they've won over $30,000 in prizes in the playoff challenges alone. 20000 obviously. Coming this past year, the Football Guys Playoff Challenge 2 champions coming on the program tonight. Please welcome Tim Walsh and John Campbell. Gentlemen, welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Thank you for having us, sir. Yeah, thank you for having us. We're excited. It's awesome. Yeah, well, listen, we're excited, too, because uh, anytime we get a five-figure or six-figure winner on the show, it's always good. And the fact that we get two of them tonight, double the pleasure, double the fun, uh, it's going to be great. I want to talk fantasy football with you guys, but before we do, um, and Tim and and John, I know I've exchanged some some emails with you already, but tell the listeners what you guys are are doing for a living in Florida. Tim, I'm going to let you go first, and then, then John, please feel free to go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Again, thanks for having us. Um, Yeah, I came down here in 2009 to uh, sunny southwest Florida. I'm actually a registered nurse, nurse, uh, and I'm actually a nursing supervisor, so I've been doing that for about, I don't know, 12, almost 13 years now. Um, so just kind of like a hospital rat. Love it. I mean, this year has been a year of years. You guys know COVID-19. So we've been kind of in the thick of it. But, you know, again, we're, uh, I think I truly believe nurses kind of have thick skins. We're resilient people, and I'm just kind of proud to be part of it. And, John, you're also in that hospital, right? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm in the healthcare. Also, um, I work as a uh, respiratory therapist at a level two trauma center here in uh, Southwest Florida. Uh, been there 25 years. Um, this has definitely been a year of, uh, I guess, uh, certain change. And um, glad I could be of service in some way. And uh, love the hobby that I get to do on the off time. Boy, guys, that hobby will keep you guys moving and keep you guys in the in the few off minutes that you have in your job, in your work day, uh, give you something to talk about and distract you a little bit. And I must tell you, as a, as a proud son of a 95 year old mother who has recovered from a, uh, uh, just had the anniversary, one year anniversary of breaking her hip. You guys can imagine in the COVID year with some of the things we've been through. And I met a lot of nurses this year and, and my hat goes, uh, uh, off to you guys and, and, and thank you so much for that contribution. You guys, uh, uh, 
Yeah, the, the the stars aligned in this playoff challenge. I want to congratulate you very much because it's a situation where I've never had much success, and and I had a little bit of success this year, and I was proud of that. But a runner-up finish, how great that is! I looked over your roster, and there's a player on there that that I'm I'm very psyched about, and uh, I keep ending up in the early drafts that I have been doing, classics and best balls. At the very end of the draft, uh, 10, 11, 12. And I consider the necessity to push him up into that first round or take him right at the turn. And that's Cam Akers. And is, is when you put together this roster that won that $20,000 payday for you, I know you have to have a soft spot for these players, and you'll probably be going back to some of them again. Is Akers the kind of guy you would be, be looking to draft? And you, do you think on a season-long situation uh, that he can deliver you another winner? Well, honestly, um, and I know John actually feels a little different, but, you know, this is why we kind of work well together. But honestly, for me, I'm a little bit nervous uh, where Akers is being taken. Um mm-hmm. Uh, I just, you know, he's being taken kind of like the end of this, you know, the, the beginning of the second round, you know, around that area. And I'm looking at, for me, I'm looking at, God, I got Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Hopkins, Ridley, you know, some, some, some of those receivers in the second round that I'm just like, Oh, how can you pass those up there? But, and, you know, I'm like, I look at his, you know, he was only targeted 17 times last year you know, throughout the whole year in the playoffs. I know, he, missed, you know, he, he was out some games, but, you know, and then Stafford's coming in. How's that going to look? Um, McVay's play calling is like, you don't know what he's going to do. It seems like game by game. Sometimes he's pushing it down the field. Sometimes he's not. So for me, can't makers where he's honestly being drafted is a little bit questionable for me. So John is arguing the point of, of taking acres where he is. John, you like acres a little better? I, I do. Um, I think, you know, uh, going back to the coaching scheme, um, I believe, uh, you know, he's aggressive. Um, you know, he wants to win. Um, he mm-hmm. uses, utilizes his backs in every fashion, and I think we got a little uh, snapshot of how uh, good Cam Akers can be. He's not a playing partner for me, but if you guys ever come to Kentucky or in Las Vegas at the FFPC, you might meet a guy named Robbie Fetcher. And Fetch plays here, and he's my podcast partner on our podcast that we do here. And he talks to me about how Akers, how how the Rams love to run the ball once they get inside the 10-yard line. And I got very frustrated with this team last year on third and six in their own territory. They've got a two-touchdown lead, and they're turning and handing the ball off to Akers because they didn't want, uh, I guess, golf to make – they didn't trust golf to make the passes – and I know we can't stay on this question all night, but, but you know, I think that this is an intriguing player uh, at that at that first, second round turn that you really don't have that, that as many questions about and as much variance to discuss. So, I, I'm Balky, I don't know where you're landing on this, but I, I'm going to kind of land on the side, on the John side this time. You know what's funny about this is I I actually had to make my first pick in um, uh, KFFSC best ball uh, a few hours ago. I guess I didn't have to, but I chose to. 
and I actually narrowed it down. I knew I was going to take a running back because they were flying off the board, and I thought I could get a pretty good receiver in round two. But I narrowed it down to Eckler and, and Cam Akers, and I ended up in – and listen, I love my Florida State Seminoles, and I wanted to go Cam Akers, but I ended up going with Eckler and uh, faced immediate regret. Uh, anytime I make a pick like that, I just always – and I could have taken Akers, and I would have regretted the pick as well. Time will tell whether I made the right choice or not with uh, with Eckler v. Akers. But anybody who's drafting right now in the FFPC or the KFFSC is going to have to make that call if you want to go with a running back early. Eckler and Akers are two of the best guys out there, along with Ezekiel Elliott, too. That's another guy who's tumbled quite a bit. Um, I, I want to talk about a, a receiver shifting the focus there to you, John. A guy who has tumbled in drafts this year is Jarvis Landry. Um, seems to be, a, a, you know, you know what you're going to get with them. Five six catches. Oh man, I mean, game. yeah, I mean, and, and like, and the thing is with him is like, um, he, I mean, I guess he, you know, he has those duds. He has a couple of spike games as well. But wide receiver forty in the tenth round of FFPC drafts, are FFPC players letting him fall too far, or does that seem about right for you right now? Uh, wide receiver forty in the tenth round. I'm going to tell you right now, Mr. Eric, Jarvis Landry is clutch, 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 clutch. Okay, I mean, that man, he's got good hands. He runs good routes. Uh, you can usually get at least five catches plus a game, anywhere from 60 to 90 yards. Hope for a touchdown. Um, getting that kind of value in round 10? Absolutely. I'll take that every day. I mean, last year in our FFPC draft, he was, he was ninth in the ninth round. And then in some homegrown leagues, I've seen him go as early as the fifth round. So in the 10th, sign me up every day. Jarvis Landry, fellas, is a player that that I that I bust when I play him and booms when he's on my bench. I uh, but I'm glad you guys have had uh, had good experience. I want to ask you, uh, John, I, I stay I stay with you because I want to ask you about a young player that I'm very very excited about. Uh, you know, I've lived in Louisville, Kentucky for 30 years, and the Indianapolis Colts practice and play 108 miles from my front door, and I have never been excited about the Indianapolis Colts. They've had a lot of success. But the team the team just never gets me excited. This team, these coaches, these players, this new quarterback gets me excited. But Michael Pittman is a player that I expect also going in the same neighborhood where Landry's going in the drafts now Paired with Carson Wentz, Michael Pittman is is um, is really my breakout player that I think that you know everybody is looking for this year's CD Lamb. I say it's Michael Pittman, and then I say in 2022 we'll be drafting Michael Pittman where CD Lamb is going now. Do you guys agree with me, or am I uh, have I just finally? Falling in love with the Colts and it's taken 30 years, and um, you know I'm not. Uh, I, I I I'll meet you halfway. I agree I, that Pittman is a stud waiting to happen. Um, he's a big dude. Um, he's got some NFL uh, pedigree in him. Uh, he's physical. He's your ideal wide receiver number one. Good hands. Gets a lot of yards after the catch. Uh, he had a slow start. Uh, it seemed like in week yes. ten, moving on, he kind of went kind of bananas. You know, Rivers was using them, you know, using him a lot in different fashions, running slants, uh, the screen passes, doing reverses. Um, 
I'm not sure, though, if Carson Wentz is actually going to be that big of a difference. Um, he was awful last year. Um, he, he was very indecisive. He looked scared. He looked like he had a lot of pressure on him. Um, you know, he lost his confidence. So, I mean, if, if Indianapolis can re, you know rehabilitate him, get him confident in what he can do, make him aggressive again, yeah, then Pittman has a chance well, to be a stud. I'm buying into that. I think one season of Carson Wentz uh, with, with that group in Philadelphia last year, a lot of quarterbacks would have, would have had a bad year, and he uh, some problems. I I agree with you there, and I will say that you are very uh, very well connected in making good decisions when you link uh, receiver skills to the quarterback, and it's got to be a good match. I think Wentz, even if he does not improve like we expect him to. Um, I think Wentz, I think Pittman will improve just because of the different way that the quarterback distributes the ball. But I like your idea, and maybe you'll pull me down to earth. But uh, will you agree that in the 10th round, just like your uh, Landry, that Pittman is a bargain? Absolutely. I think, you know, if Very everything cool. works out the way it should and the way the coaches want it to work, you know, Pittman has a chance to actually, you know, be up there in the at least top 15. Yeah, Pittman actually, um, for for what it's worth, in FFPC drafts right now, wide receiver forty five, eleven oh two. It's going in the in the eleventh round, not even going in the tenth round right now. So an insane value. He's going right after Devontae Parker and Michael Gallup, right before Curtis Samuel and Antonio Brown. We are talking with Tim Walsh and John Campbell. They the twenty thousand dollar football guys playoff challenge number two winners of this past season. Tim, let's throw it back to you and, and talk a little J.K. Dobbins here, a guy that. I think a lot of people expected at some point to take over the Ravens' backfield in 2020, and it probably happened a little bit later than I think a lot of high-stakes players thought it would happen. But Mark Ingram is no longer in Baltimore. They're talking about an extension with Gus Edwards. To me, that suggests they're probably not looking at adding anybody big in that Baltimore backfield. FFPC players, obviously, uh, of the same uh, opinion on this one. J.K. Dobbins going at the 211 right now is running back 13. Is that a spot that you and John would look at targeting him this year? Yeah, you know what? I like Dobbins around that area. Um, you know, either end of the second, beginning of the third, I've kind of seen him go in that range, like just looking at draft boards over the last couple of weeks. I mean, yeah, he kind of showed up late to the party last year, but, you know, I think it was week 12 or week 13. I mean, he took over the reins. He was scoring touchdowns. I think he had at least six or seven touchdowns. Um you know, and, you know, it's funny, Baltimore, looking at Baltimore last year, it just they were, they were kind of an odd team last year. At the beginning of the year, they looked lost. Uh, you know, I mean, they almost – Lamar Jackson almost looked like he didn't care. I mean, I don't know. It was a weird season. And then all of a sudden, you know, they were trying to do the whole passing thing. And I think they got back to their roots come week 12 or week 13, whatever that was. It was all, no, we're going back to running the ball, defense, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I like J.K. Dobbins because, I mean, Baltimore is one of the teams that runs the most. You know, if they stay true to their roots, get back to the run and, you know, the run game and the defense, what they're known for, that's what works for them, you know? So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty high on Dobbins there. Guys, it's, I like the way you guys communicate and share your information. I, it, the partnerships have always been intriguing to me. I first played fantasy football a partner with my good friend, Justin McCord. Uh, most of the time uh, I play um, 
individually, sometimes with another friend of mine named Fenton. All these guys have sat around and watched me uh, uh, maneuver, draft, and lead our teams to losing records. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you guys, you guys have grabbed the golden ring, and it, I, I'm. I love it because you're still playing after all these years. Apparently you go back to the Wyckoff days and, and now the, the, the days where we're playing in a league that we can, we can count on uh, from A to Z, the FFPC. Mm -hmm. So what makes it work? Um, Have you had some significant disagreements that, that you're, that you still bring up from time to time and laugh about it now and maybe, Maybe uh, at the time it happened, it wasn't so funny. It, 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 tell us a little a few things that have happened along your path and, and what makes it work. You know, and honestly, bro, uh, <laughs> I think the, one of the funniest stories that we kind of look back on and, and why, this, why this works is honestly was our first year in, in drafting in, in the Wackoff Wack League, the main event. Uh, we went to Orlando and – I remember sitting at the draft table and, and with him and, you know, we were kind of mid late rounds, you know, and we kind of got off on a pick, you know, we kind of just like, we're talking, we were kind of like getting sucked into the, the aura of the draft and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> but, you know, and then all of a sudden it was on us. And I remember John, you know, we, we, we had mentioned we needed a receiver. And I remember John looked at me, he's like, who are you going to take? You know, who are you going to take? It was panic, you know, <laughs> you know, we're on the clock, you know, one of those things. And I looked at him, straight face, and I said, Austin Collie. And he <laughs> the look on his face, and he looked back at me, and he said, who the bleep? You know, and I was like, yeah, radio, it's Austin Collie. <laughs> and, I, and I basically said, listen, no time to talk. Peyton Manning, you know, slot receiver, come on, it'll, it'll be good. So, you know, it, it was hilarious. And we This wasn't Collie's rookie year, was it? It was the good year. I don't remember if it was rookie year, but it was the year okay. that I think Dallas Clark might have got hurt. Austin Collie uh-huh. was like a gold mine for us that year because we had taken Hakeem Nix, who ended up getting compartment syndrome and was end up you know filleted in a hospital one day, which was a phone call that I that John actually called me. I was in a grocery store <laughs> and telling that our star wide receiver is in the hospital, but Austin Collie bailed us out. So I just think that that's one of those stories we kind of look back on saying, you know, it's like, all right, we'll see if this works out, you know, and it did because we didn't know each other. We hadn't, that that was actually the first time we ever drafted together, you know, so. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, it it takes a bold individual to sell somebody on Austin Collie the first time they're drafting with somebody. (laughs) That is. uh, And the eighth round, no doubt. Yeah, if you guys, if you guys can make it through that. It, it, you know, you, you can make it through anything. I, I think there is, okay. uh, there's no question there. Um, I do want to, uh, I think we got time for a couple of emails here from, from listeners. And, and uh, I want to ask you guys those right now. I think I'm going to pose this one. To, uh, let's go to Tim right away uh, on this one. This is from Max in Little Rock, Arkansas. He writes, Hey guys, nice job on the playoff challenge. How do you look at drafting dolphins? this year with so many unknowns on the offensive side of the football. Congratulations. That is Max in Little Rock, Arkansas. Max, thank you so much for the email. Dolphins are an interesting team because, you know, you, you have the Devontae Parker situation. You have the quarterback situation. We don't know if it's Tungavailoa, if they're going to make a trade for Watson. 
Um, they've been linked to Aaron Jones and free agency lately. They could certainly draft somebody with the two first round picks with the extra one coming from the, the Houston Texans. Maybe they go with the Alabama receiver in, in, in getting uh, Smith uh, from, uh, from Alabama. Too. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways to go. If you're drafting right now, Tim, are you focusing or targeting any of these dolphins or are you kind of staying away and, and letting things shake out a little bit first? Well, honestly, I mean, if Devontae Parker is ending up like right now, I've seen a draft board and not even, what was it last night? He was in the eighth. I saw him go in the eighth round, ninth round. So I was like, wow, okay, not bad. Miles Gaskin kind of same area. I mean, for me, that's value. I mean, you know, Miami and yeah, there's some risks. I mean, Miami seems to do something though every year where they kind of, they need to make a move in the off season and they bring somebody in or, or whatever. But I, you know, I think too, you know, I, I, I just think where they're going is, is worth the risk right now, to be honest with you. I mean, it's a number one wide receiver, you know what I mean? On the depth chart in the eighth, ninth round. I mean, you know, sign me up all day for that. Someone's got to catch the ball. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, yeah, you know? clearly uh, um, um, a must for any receiver. <laughs> Devonte Parker going at the nine twelve right now, so he's basically going at that nine ten turn at wide receiver forty three. Miles Gaskin was the other guy you brought up. He's going as running back thirty uh, at the seven oh nine. This is right after AJ Dillon, Melvin Gordon, right before Raheem Mostert and David Johnson. Um, John, I'm going to throw this email to you. Final email of the night we have for you guys. It comes from Willie in Chicago. He writes, "Is there anyone worth targeting in FFPC drafts right now?" In New England, it's hard for me to find anyone I like getting on my uh, best ball squads there. Thank you, Willie in Chicago. Patriots, this is interesting. So we don't know who the quarterback is. The running back, I mean, James White is a free agent. Uh, Damian Harris is still there. Sony Michelle is still there. Um, you, you have um, question marks at wide receiver um, with, uh, with, with who cropped up last year. Obviously, Edelman's still there as well. And then you have the two sophomore tight ends. Uh, coming up with the uh, the kid out of Virginia Tech, what Dalton Keene, I want to say his name is, and then Devin Asiasi out of UCLA. Those guys will be in their sophomore seasons. John, are you excited about anybody in New England for fantasy purposes this year, though? Uh, I don't want to be offensive, but no, I'm not. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, John, you're hurting my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> now, granted, I, I feel like there are two players on there that that kind of make things happen. And it's the wide receiver Myers and Edelman. Now, you know, but it all depends on the quarterback play. You know, Edelman has dropped down the rankings drastically. I mean, he was probably a, a top 10 or 11 receiver last year. And now I think draft boards are showing him down in the 20s. But, I mean, the guy can still flat out catch the ball and make plays and make first downs. So if he gets his targets and the quarterback, if it's Cam Newton possibly – you know, if they can get on a little bit of the same page, I mean, they can move the chains. So, I don't know. But other than that, I ain't, eesh, eesh. don't like it. Tim, now, here's the thing. Now, now before we go any further, Tim, I want you to chime in on this. I just looked this up while, while John was giving his answer. I'm, I was surprised, number one, that Jacoby Myers is a 21st-round draft pick uh, right now in FFPC basketball drafts. Mm-hmm. Then I was even more surprised. You see, Julian Edelman is a 23rd round draft pick. I don't think Julian Edelman's been a 23rd round pick since his rookie year in best ball drafts right, right now. So, so, yeah, so Tim, yeah. your thoughts on, on the state of the Patriots as far as fantasy football value goes? Crazy value. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, come on. 
again, you know what I mean? <laughs> Someone's got to, you know what I mean? There, there's, you know, uh, that's one thing, you know, in the years and years of doing this in fantasy football, you know, uh, I think people try, tend to stay away from, you know, teams that are in bad shape or whatever, you know, bad teams. Oh, they're not going to. But, I mean, there's always production. You know, there, there's just always production. Again, someone always catches the ball. Someone runs the ball. So if you can get those few guys that do it late in the rounds, it's fantastic, you know? I mean, why not? It is. You're exactly right, guys. And it is nonsensical where Edelman's going. And I've I've drafted in four best balls now. Some guys have drafted in many, many more. But it it remains nonsensical. But I haven't taken him. That, that's why I and I've I've contributed to Edelman being in the twenty plus rounds. But you know, the thing about Myers that that concerns me. And it was just concerned about the Patriots and their red zone play last year. But Myers had one touchdown, and uh, he's he seems to me to be a great player between the twenties. But I don't see him getting open when we go in a red zone. So that's just my one, just my one thing about Myers and my one caveat about Myers. But you know what, guys? I think when when we all return to uh, Las Vegas and play, there's there's going to be some Patriots moving up the board. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure of it. There almost has to be, right? I mean, like at this, like because um, we're going to hear some reports in New England uh, with the backfield, like whether Damian Harris is looking really good, or you know, maybe not Sony Michelle, because I think people have have soured on him over the, the his, his career just never developing into what people thought he was going to be as a first round pick. Um, but maybe Damian Harris. We'll see what happens there. I, I think it's it's going to be intriguing, especially if James White signs elsewhere this off season too. That will be something. That we will uh, yes. we will uh, mm-hmm. definitely take a look at. Um, Farrell, I, I know you wanted to ask um, uh, John about um, the the how high stakes fantasy football has changed, and I, I it's weird because yeah. I think that I think that you three have all been playing high stakes fantasy football. You, um, John, Tim, and Farrell, longer than I have. So you guys would know about this how the game has changed over the the course of two decades, basically, right? It, it is, guys. I wanted, to, and it follows up with the other question. I, I almost wanted to dovetail it into our last question, uh, but it, it's so different uh, today with the information uh, that we have at our, our fingertips. You, you know, when when you guys started, and even when, even when uh, the advent of the NFL Network and things that we began to be able to follow not on a daily basis but on an hourly basis once we could yeah. give the time to it and I, I just it, my question would be when there is a news item breaking do you guys act on it and talk about it immediately you know how are you how are you adjusting your communication uh, about fantasy football is it an ongoing thing are you living with it constantly or do you let it set, let it age, and then deal with it as July and August approach? Um, I would say we probably eat, breathe, sleep with the fantasy football data. That's out there. I kind of knew that answer was coming. Okay, I mean, when when we all started, um, you know, it was you watched the games on Sunday, then you got the newspaper on Monday, and then you were looking mm-hmm. at the stats in the paper and circling like whether your guy scored and then adding that up, you know. Now you've got podcasts, TV shows, um, multiple pay, you know, pay sites. You've got all the information on every player at any given moment, like at your fingertips. 
So, I mean, you know, between the information that's accessible to everybody and now, now all the varieties of contests, you know, PPR, auction, dynasty, you know, playoff challenges. I mean, there's so many contests now, and the scoring for each of those leagues are so unique. I mean, you have to kind of kind of be geeked out and, and be in it all the time. I, good advice, obviously, and, and sort of the, the new normal that we live in right now as far as high-stakes fantasy football goes. Um, so, so you guys, I, I know you play in the main event every single year, but $20,000, still a nice little payday for you guys, winning the Football Guys mm. Playoff Challenge number two. I don't, I, I, I'm kind of curious, Tim, do, do you already have the, your, your cut of the loot already earmarked for, for some you know, extravagant purchase? Um, or or is it something that's going to be saved, invested, whatever? Uh, I want to know. And then John, if you have any plans after Tim's done, I'd like to know what you have uh, what you have in store for that cash as well. Well, yeah, honestly, a little bit of both. Because so we've actually, uh, you know, we did the Orlando whack off here, but we've actually never been. I've been to, out to Vegas once for the high stakes FFPC event, but we've actually never been out there together in all these years that we've been playing this. So we've actually earmarked uh, this year as the first year we're going to be going out together. So we're in the process of kind of planning that trip. Yes, very exciting. So we're in the process of kind of planning that. Um, The other side is, yes, I'm I'm a father of three girls, my oldest being going on seven soon. So, yeah, the rest of it is, you know, obviously there's some money being for main events and stuff like that. We might, you know dabble in maybe a bare knuckles or something we don't know yet maybe but you know the rest of it is yeah going to the you know three girls college tuition funds (laughs) weddings in the future (laughs) yeah so john what about you man well i'm definitely on the bandwagon uh, with tim you know about uh, coming out to vegas this year as a team for the first time our last time doing a live event was the last year of the uh, the WCOFF before uh, they closed down on us, and um, ever since then we've just been doing you know um, online drafting together as a team. Uh, but we've got some good friends that come out to y'all's place every year. Uh, we're going to join them this time, you know, first time as a team, and uh, you know we're going to hopefully continue the, the the lucky streak. The lucky streak, you you guys will. Uh... You guys will be uh, centered in and focused on your drafting. And, and, you know, imagine Las Vegas, uh, even with the problems that we had this past year and Las Vegas being a little different, imagine the situation is that it creates, uh, it it can create uh, some sort of uh, lack of focus among other drafters. And I think you guys will be right on on the spot. You know, Balky asked this this meddlesome, nosy question to every guest we have. So I, I hope you guys don't feel, you know. And I'm getting my dream answers, and you guys really came up with one of my dream answers. It's legitimate answers. I have other answers, like I have a couple girlfriends, and they both want plastic surgery. You know, I'm waiting for that answer. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I wrecked the guy's car, and I'm going to make it good for you know something like that, but. You know, your answer is solid, and uh, you guys will be getting an, an invitation to con- uh, come to Kentucky, too. And uh, All right. To, uh, yeah. yeah. So it would be nice to have you guys up here um, and uh, 
But let me tell you, the first trip that you make to get, you got to draft together at the FFPC in Vegas. Uh, and when you get there, you're going to see that uh, there's just going to be some players that people are reaching too high on. And uh, I think when they do it, it's going to make you smile a little bit. And then there's going to be other players that are going to drop to you, and that'll make you smile a lot because uh, if, if Pittman's still going – in the 10th and 11th round, I'm going to be smiling a lot. I don't think that will happen, so I'm drafting him everywhere I can now. But do you guys have examples uh, or, or have at least a vibe or an indication of, of somebody you already think that you might be wanting to steal and somebody that you think that you wouldn't because it's just way too high? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, for me, and I know this guy's getting, a, this player is getting a lot of hype. Uh, the other night I saw him going to draft right at the start of the second round, maybe the second pick of the second round, DeAndre Swift. And again, mm. I'm not a running back. He's, he's kind of in the same boat as me as Cam Akers. And I just keep going back. I look at, God, uh, Stefan Diggs is there. Hopkins is there. A guy I really like, Justin Jefferson. I'm very high on, you know, I'm like, he's there. It's like, uh, a Detroit running back, like, like <laughs> oh, God, that early, like, I know, you know, and now golf's going there. Like, how's that going to look? I don't know. I just, uh, he's a third round back for me. I just, so I'm, I'm very nervous. Like, uh, I couldn't, I could not draft. I couldn't stomach drafting him where he's being drafted right now. I mean, I just don't know how you pass on <laughs> Stefan Diggs. And draft that guy, you know. You can get you can get David Montgomery in the fourth round. I mean, look at the year David Montgomery had last year in the fourth round. He's not getting no love, like you know. <laughs> so I don't know. No I'd rather swift. Wait for How about on the other end of the spectrum? Who's who's so going to be the bargain the guy, for you? Robbie Anderson, you know, and I, he, he, Robbie Anderson. He was a bargain last year too. Like, you know, like you could last year, anywhere, I, I think we got him, what, 12th round? I think we got him in the 12th round of FFPC main event last year. He put up he put up 95 for almost 1,100 yards, you know? Only three touchdowns, but, I mean, that's that's wide receiver two production, you know, in the, you know, 12th round. And maybe no Curtis Samuel in Carolina this year, too. I mean, Curtis yeah, Samuel could be. you know, and, and the thing is, is nothing, that's the thing. Like, nothing much has changed, you know? In Carolina, I know there's some talk, oh, Teddy Bridgewater, but, you know, they, they paid him a contract. He's going to be swinging the rock, you know, and Matt Rule is still going to be there, and Matt Rule was Robbie Anderson's coach in college. That's why I was kind of a little high on him last year, you know. They had that little temple connection. So, and, I, I you know, he was productive when he was in the Jets with, you know, we know the quarterback production there. So, yeah, I think Robbie Anderson, absolute steal. John, what about you? John, what all right, well, uh, it shames me to say this, and it's going to hurt coming out of my mouth here, but I am uh, thinking the the reach this year is Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, that injury, you know, I mean, ACL injury, coming back from that and putting up those kind of lofty expectations, it's going to be tough. I mean, yeah, he's quadzilla. He's, he's got everything going for him, but going from a 20 to 25-point player, he might end up being more of a steady Eddie 12 to 18 point player and I think you can get that same kind of value at the running back position in rounds three and four like Tim was saying earlier mm-hmm. what about, um, 
What what about a sleeper, John? Do you have a sleeper for us as well? I do. Um, I've got two, but I'm just going to give you the one that I think is probably the one that I, I kind of think the most has the most upside is uh, wide receiver uh, Brandon Ayuk from San mm. Fran. Um, you know, he didn't put up, like, magnificent numbers, but in a very short time, I think he put up, like, 60 catches for, like, 750 yards and five touchdowns with a carousel of quarterbacks between Garoppolo and – mixture of quarterbacks here, exactly. And so, I mean, imagine if he gets some kind of steady production with somebody constantly to where they can work together. I mean, he could be a steal from where he's going now. It's a good point, and and – and Ayuk has been climbing the boards a little bit. Um, he's wide receiver 25 right now, going at the 604. That's after Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett. Right before, actually, Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool, teammates wow. for right now. We'll see what happens there with Smith-Schuster. We've been talking about him a lot on the show, and I'm sure that's going to continue as well. As you're winning, uh, Tim Walsh and John Campbell, <laughs> I'm sure it will continue into 2021 as well. Congratulations on that 20 grand winning the Football Guys Playoff Challenge 2 this year. Awesome stuff from you. Thank you so much for your patronage for the FFPC over the years, and best of luck in all your drafts this year. Can't wait to see you in Vegas, guys. Thanks for joining us on the show tonight. Yes, sir. Thanks for having us, and I hope to see you all in Vegas. Yeah, guys, thanks for having us. This was fun. Awesome stuff, guys. Thank you so much. Yep, be good. We will talk to you again soon, probably out in Las Vegas. That was Tim Walsh. That was John Campbell, the winners, the co-champions of the 2020 2021 football guys playoff challenge number two twenty thousand dollars uh to the good guys there as they uh will probably invest you know i know they said weddings and they said investments and savings farrell you know some of that's going to be invested in the ffpc main event this year as well i think they're going to come in as gangbusters in the ffpc main event and uh, balky uh, brought up a good player there robbie anderson they said 12th round I got him in the 15th round last year. It was a lifesaver for me. Do you have numbers you on know, where he's going now? I can I can tell you exactly where he's going right now. And then I got a Robbie Anderson, Kentucky story that I can share with you. Robbie Anderson is Ooh, wide receiver like 39 at the, yes, exactly. Yeah. Wide receiver 39 for Robbie Anderson right now. He's at the 906. This is behind Debo Samuel and Jarvis Landry. It is ahead of LaVisca Chenault and Jerry Judy. That is where Anderson is ending up in drafts right now. I'm going to tell you my Kentucky Robbie Anderson story. I may have shared it with the, the listeners before, um, but when I, you know, I, I participate in several Kentucky dynasty leagues um, and when it was coming down to cut down day uh, in the summer, I had to figure out who I was cutting and, and who I was getting rid of. And I always historically wait to like the, the day before the day of, cause I want the latest information possible. So I know I'm not letting somebody go. And I, all off season, I just planned on dropping Robbie Anderson and something happened. There was a couple of things that happened or something. And, and there, it, there were obvious cuts for my team, like a guy who was going to be on IR early on in the season mm-hmm. or a guy who have a job, something like that. So I was like, yeah, I guess I'll keep Robbie Anderson. And quite frankly, from like week three on, he was like a starter for me on that dynasty team. I think I got like third or fourth place in the league and I had no business doing it. And Robbie Anderson was a big reason because of it too. I just, you know, he had some good years with the Jets. I just never really thought that he was going to take off the way he did with Bridgewater um, as his quarterback and on the same team as Curtis Samuel and um, uh, DJ Moore. And, and it just worked out that way. And he might have a, he might have a larger role this season I would expect his ADP to climb a little bit more than where it's at right now. 
I would too. His his dynasty, your dynasty team is just like this uh, show, Balky. It, it, it's winning because no one else was available. He got his chance, and 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 there you go. You know, uh, the uh, the thing about uh, Tim, uh, I I think he, he would love Kentucky because you you have to start three receivers here, and he doesn't want to draft any running backs in the uh, second <laughs> round. So you know he's he's. He's going to be with yellow stickers on the board moving into the fifth round, you know, before he even considers. Uh, but, you know, the thing I love about those guys, um, it, you can tell that they are engaged football fans, that they really, yeah. really love the game, and they really love the hobby of fantasy football, and it's made them bigger and, and better fans. Uh, those guys um, – yeah, I I don't want to I don't want to have to draft at the table with those guys because those guys are a uh, as as our guest said regarding Claypool, those guys will be a menace. So that's what we're expecting from them. I do want to point out a couple of things that that stuck out to me after after talking with them for for the last half hour or so. Um, they mentioned the the whole quarterback receiver pairing, which I think is something yep. that you've talked about on this show before too. You know, you draft the receiver, you're sort of drafting the quarterback with them. And and they made the the Wentz Pittman uh, analysis too, where I think it was John was saying, you know, I'm a little skittish about Carson Wentz quarterbacking the Colts this year, but Michael Pittman in the tenth round, uh, yeah, regardless of his quarterback, that, that's that's something you got to sign up for. And um, everything's relative. Uh, you you should never say that all oh, this player is completely off my board because everybody has a value somewhere. And so even mm-hmm. if you're not a believer in Wentz, and I believe you are a believer in Wentz this year. I think you've shared that both on the Kentucky podcast on, on and on this podcast. You think Wentz bounces back this year, right? I do. I uh, I think we said it last week, or I said it last week. Uh, he'll lead that team in the AOC championship game against the Chiefs. This is going to be yeah. a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. It's it's going to be a beautiful thing, and everybody that uh, can get engaged with these Indianapolis players, uh, man, this is a complete football team. They're going to do very very well, and uh, Pittman is is Pittman is the leading uh, um, recipient of the quarterback upgrade, and and fantasy wise, let me see if I can let me see if I can get my thoughts together on this. Fantasy wise, <laughs> Philip Rivers' numbers are consistently good. They're consistently good fantasy. They are terrible football numbers. And even though you can say his interception, his touchdown ratio is, is workable, his is Philip Rivers, a team he, he leads a team into the red zone and comes away with field goals. Comes away from wide receivers open in the end zone that he won't throw the ball to. He frustrates a football team. This this offensive line at Indianapolis, you know when Phillip Rivers is changing the plays consistently at the line, those guys have to stay in their stance to the very nth degree of the clock, the play clock <laughs> expiring. He is a he is a vibe killer, a momentum buster. Uh, these guys are out there working hard, and and he can't deliver. Um, he, he delivers the ball wonderfully between the twenties, and and Carson Wentz is going to be different, and uh, Michael, the team's going to respond. 
Michael Pittman, we talked about his ADP earlier. T.Y. Hilton, we haven't talked about him. He's a free agent, obviously, and it, it sounds like with the news that came out today, it doesn't sound like he's going to be a Colt uh, going forward. He's in the 15th round right now, so I think that uh, anybody expecting him to – you know, the thing is, is he's got he's to glom on to a good situation, and he has to stay healthy. Those are two big ifs for T.Y. Hilton right now if you are drafting in FFPC or KFFSC best ball drafts. Remember, you can draft – both of those at myffpc.com or, of course, kffsc.com. Can't wait to see who I get in the second round, which is probably going to go off tonight in my slow draft. Very excited for that. Uh, Farrell, uh, thank you so much for doing the show with me on a Thursday this week so I could go ice fishing with my idiot friends from high school this weekend in northeast Wisconsin. It's going to be great. Plan on catching dinner Friday and Saturday night this week. We'll see what happens there. And I will uh, talk to you again next Friday. It sounds like a blast. Come back with some great fishing stories, Balky. I'll do my best, man. I'll do my best. And and uh, hopefully I'll get to share them on Friday. <laughs> All right. Be good, Farrell. We'll talk to you again soon, dude. See you. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, remember to check out his contest, kffsc.com. I am, of course, in a best ball uh, draft there right now uh, with uh, some luminaries from the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship who also play in the FFPC as well. So always good to compete against those people the best of the best right now and uh, hopefully it turns out well for me this year i uh i can't wait for it that is going to do it for our show this week ladies and gentlemen i want to thank tim walsh i want to thank john campbell Farrell elliott the ffpc rob our mutual friend and producer and bryce my best friend and audio engineer and of course each and every one of you for tuning in on a thursday night where we had some audio difficulties And uh, uh, no matter when you're downloading this, whether it be Friday, Saturday, or later on, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for that. All right, so as I already alluded to Farrell, next week we will be back at 10, 9 central with uh, a five-time 2020 best ball champ, Todd Cobbler. Todd is going to be joining us uh, this week, or this coming week, Friday at 10, 9 central. We will not be doing a show Thursday. We'll be back to our normal Friday show next week. Remember to register best ball leagues uh, at myffpc.com as well as kffsc.com. Myffpc.com slash dynasty for sale if you want to pick up some dynasty leagues. Thank you so much for listening. Your weekend starts now.